You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope that this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. There is a river that flows from the throne of God and he makes glad our city. And the best thing that we can do as a child of God is get into the river of God and swim. The Bible says, even as the mountains direct the streams of water, so God directs the hearts of mankind. And you think we just live in a small rural city. We're not part of any big thing. God doesn't look at things the way man looks at things. God looks at a group of people that are hungry and thirsty for God. And God visits people that are hungry and thirsty for him. And I'm telling you, the people of Perryville, the people of Bonterre are hungry for a move of God. And if there's any place, you have to settle in your heart once and for all. If there's any place that the Spirit of God is going to pour out, it's going to be my life, it's going to be my family, and it's going to be my city. You see, ever from the days of the beginning, God has always used mankind to perform His will on this earth. You go back to Adam and Eve were the beginning of God's plan to have a family on this earth. God created Adam and Eve in his image to have a family. Sin separated Adam and Eve from God. 2,000 years later, God sent Jesus to die so he could fulfill his original plan, which was you and I in relationship, in family with him. But because of sin on this earth and because of the wickedness of the devil, God decided, man, I need to have a supernatural, miraculous, ministry on this earth so that we could win the lost. His ministry has been supernatural from day one. There is nothing about the heart of God that is not supernatural. So whatever situation in your life that you're believing to see the hand of God move in, expect the supernatural. Let's pray. Father, we thank you right now for a move of God in the spirit in this room today. Father, we thank you that this is not church as usual, this is not business as usual, but this is revival time, that this is the beginning of the outpouring of your spirit on this city. Father, we thank you for this city. We thank you for every person in this city. We thank you for your fire that's being sent from heaven on this city. We thank you for this church. We thank you for Overcomers Church International. We thank you for rising up the body of Christ that is full of your power and full of your glory. We thank you right now for doing a deep work in people's lives. We thank you for whatever burden that was set in their hearts before they walked in these doors, that every burden is lifted today. We thank you that any challenge that they've been facing melts like wax before a fire, that today your spirit blows and moves in the people's heart, that whatever struggle that faced them before today is the last day that they faced that struggle. Father, I thank you that by your spirit and by your might that you are moving in people's lives today. I thank you for a miraculous demonstration of your spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I was, uh, Miss Joanne, where was, where is she? She was in the back room and she's like, I see you like a light switch. When you get up, it just turns on. And, uh, you know, many years ago, I actually remember visiting Van and Regina Smith. You guys remember those folks? You guys ever see them around at all? Yeah. Uh, does your church know them? Okay, so they're great people. They're with Andrew Womack's ministry, and um, through that uh, event that we did at Andrew Womack's, you know, that session that Pastor Bob gave us, we got to connect with them. They invited us to their church. I'm sure I told this to you guys. They invited us to their church in Atlanta, uh, the Rock of Atlanta, or the Solid Rock of Atlanta. My apologies. All right, great. And uh, they're great ministers of the Word of God. And, you know, Brother Andrew's ministry is a strong ministry of the Word of God. And I believe in the strong ministry of the word of God. I swim in a stream where there's also a strong move of the Holy Spirit in signs, wonders, miracles, where the power of God comes on people's lives in supernatural ways. I feel the presence of God now, that God is going to come on your life today in a supernatural way. Before we start, let me just read this. This was not part of uh, the notes that I gave to Jonathan, so don't worry if you don't have it. It's only going to be a scripture. Hebrews 4.2. It says, For this good news that God has prepared this rest 
has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to it. In another translation, it says that the word of God profited them not because it was not mixed with faith with them who heard it. And Pastor Kent spoke this morning about faith and about not being double-minded. Being double-minded is being deceived, being one way one moment and being another way another moment. Every man in the flesh wakes up. Every woman in the flesh has a propensity to wake up and doubt the word of God. That's why the Bible says that we must cast down every vain thought and imagination that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of God. That doesn't necessarily mean just with lust or just with perversion or just with addiction. That means some days you wake up and you feel defeated, but you pick up the word of God and realize that he has caused us to triumph in all things, that he has caused us to be, to be victorious, that he's called us to be trophies of Christ. And you take down that vain thought and you exalt the word of God over your flesh and over your feelings. And you say, devil, not today. I will choose not to feel that way today. Today is a day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And the last day that you woke up depressed and chose to stay depressed is the last day that you chose to stay depressed. I'm telling a church today, I see people who woke up and said, I'm sick and tired of being depressed. I won't be depressed anymore. Hallelujah. Man, I feel people mixing faith with the word of God. I feel people in this room today choosing to hook up with the word of God. Some people are knocking the rust off the wheels of their train a little bit. They're just getting on board. But I feel other people that are fully submerged in the river of God right now. You know, the Lord told me to, this sounds like just promoting another meeting because I'm going to be speaking in Bonterre tonight. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want to, like, come out the gate and tell people they have to be in Bonterre to get everything God has for them. But the Lord says the work that I want to do, it can't be done in one service. If you have plans tonight to be in Bonterre, good for you. If you don't have plans to be in Bonterre, cancel whatever plans that you do have and be in Bonterre. You see, Paul ministered for hours on the Word of God. The Bible says he taught daily, taught the Word of God daily. There's something that happens when the Word of God goes forth that faith builds. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. You cannot pray for more faith. You cannot fast for more faith. All you can do is hear more of the word of God and believe in your heart and faith will come into your life. <clears throat> I was just reading actually a memory that I posted on Facebook and I thought it was so timely. The Lord spoke it to me and then within a couple days later, I was listening to another minister and he said the same thing. I said, God, you're so faithful. The Lord said to me that people cannot have faith for what has not been divinely revealed to them in the word of God or been preached by the anointing into their life. You see, God, the Bible says that God has given gifts to the body of Christ, right? Some apostles, some prophets, evangelists, teachers. And these gifts are sent to preach the word of God into your heart where they have received a revelation of that word. So that way, instead of you having to spend hours and hours and hours and hours studying the word of God, although I don't think you should not do that, but in a moment you can get an impartation of the word of God and the anointing for that word of God. When you listen to somebody like Andrew Womack, you get an impartation for the grace of God. When you listen to somebody like Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, you get an impartation of faith. When you listen to Jonathan Shuttlesworth, you get an impartation of victory. When you listen to people like Jesse Duplantis, you get an impartation for wealth. There's a, there is an anointing that is on ministry's lives that when you choose to partner, not just financially, but when you partner in faith with the word of God that's being preached from their mouth, you will accelerate in the plan of God for your life. Man, I love you guys. I love you. I love people agreeing with the word of God. 
I love when people agree with the plan of God. Man, you preach to some people that don't know the word of God and they just stare at you like crickets, you know? And I'm like, I'm, I'm, what I'm preaching is right, man. Like, but it's okay. They don't know. You know, their spirit man is still being built up, right? But I'm not in the church of little baby Christians. I'm in a church of firebrands for the Holy Ghost, amen? I'm in a church full of people, full of the word of God that are ready to kick the devil in the face and take ground for the kingdom of God. If you're part of that church, give the Lord a round of applause now. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Man, when you wake up in the morning, you choose faith. Say, I choose faith. I choose faith. You choose faith when you wake up in the morning. Being single-minded isn't... I like what Brother Kenneth Hagin would say. He said, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your hair. And the reason that a lot of Christians get dismayed is that they own their feelings instead of owning the Word of God. They feel these feelings and they say, oh, I'm this way. I feel this way. I feel that way. But that's why the Bible says that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And what religion would say is religion would say, yeah, they're so high. You don't know what they are. Our God works in mysterious ways. No, he doesn't. He wrote a fat book to tell you his ways so that you could take this book and learn of his ways and find his favor and know him more. That's what Moses said in, in Exodus 33. He said, God, teach us your ways. Teach us your ways. And God didn't say, no, I'm not going to teach you my ways. I want you lost in the wilderness. God said, I will show you my goodness. I will let my goodness pass before you. I will show you my ways. But the problem is people don't mix faith. They, they take the scripture, they take the nice sayings that you find in home goods that sound Christian. God works in mysterious ways. And they attach their faith to that theology instead of what the word of God says. But I know you've got a better pastor than that. Your pastor teaches you to take hold of the word of God, to keep it before you day and night so it doesn't depart from you. Your pastor teaches you that this word of God will bring you victory in relationships, that this word will bring you victory in your finances. And I'm looking at a group of people that didn't just throw it to the wayside. I'm looking at a group of people that have taken this word and hidden it in their heart so they won't sin against God, amen. We all right? Is this okay? I remember the first time I came and I preached here, you know, and the power of God started moving, and I prayed for some lady out there. And uh, afterwards, Pastor Ken's like, oh, I, you know, oh, I don't know if the people were going to be ready for, for that, you know. Do you remember that? I don't remember who it was, but the power, the power of God started falling. People started being touched. Oh, I didn't, I didn't finish the story. So this is what happened at the, the, the Rock Church in, in Atlanta, the Solid Rock Church. It's powerful. So I remember for like two days just wrestling, because this is all what Joanne said to me. You thought I forgot what I was talking about, but I didn't forget. And, uh, and I remember like just wrestling, like trying to find out what God wanted me to preach about in this church, you know? And it was like days, and I just was like, could not sleep, man. Could not sleep. You ever felt that way before, Pastor Kent? Pastor Liz? Yeah? Could not sleep. And I'm just like, and the only thing the Lord gave me was in Corinthians. My speech and my preaching were not in enticing words of man's wisdom, but the demonstration of the power of God. So that way your wisdom wouldn't rest in the knowledge of men, but in the power of God. That is like the only thing the Lord would give me. That is the only thing the Lord would give me. And I'm like, man, I got like at least 40 minutes I should preach. Like that's, you know, it's gonna maybe take 10 minutes. You know, maybe I can do like an exegesis on all of the words in there and we can preach a long time on a couple of the words and in Greek. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, Lord, Lord. So, so that next day we get up and, you know, Miss Regina and, and Pastor Regina, Pastor Van, they, they have it come up and, oh, you know, greet yourself, da, 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 da. And then you, I know Sarah remembers this. This is like, this is an awesome meeting. And uh, 
They're like, why don't you have your beautiful wife come up and greet? Man, how awesome is my wife? Who here felt the anointing of God when she talked about? I know, she's my secret weapon, you know? When I need a one-shot kill, I just take her out. And it's just like, <laughs> the meeting's dead, take Sarah out. <laughs> so they're like, so here I am, like, what the heck do I do? You know, this is time to preach. So uh, Sarah comes up, and I, I don't remember what they said to you. I think they're like, share your testimony or share your story. Why don't you come up here and share your testimony or your story? Come on up. Yeah. From the beginning? Whatever you want to share. Oh, geez. Okay. Well. Not in there. Man. Okay. Yeah. Your testimony, you should know it. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to figure out like where I should start exactly. Um, the beginning. Okay. Well, so I grew up in a Christian home uh, my, pretty much my whole life, and I remember actually giving my heart to the Lord. I, uh, I think when I was around eight years old. Um, how many of you have ever heard of like the Super Kids from Kenneth Copeland's ministry? So I went, my grandmother was like the pillar of faith for my family. And I, she was a quadriplegic, so she was paralyzed from the neck down. But she, um, she was like that for, for probably like 50-something years. She ended up getting a terrible car accident when she was in her early 20s. But she, she has a radical testimony too, but I won't go into all that. But anyway, so she, she was the one who really stood in faith for my family. And I just remember, you know, I would remember I had to brush her hair when I was a little girl. I had to feed her food because she couldn't, you know, she couldn't do it herself. And she would always have teaching on in her room. And she loved the Copeland. She would be like, go ahead, put the tape and let's record the show. We have to watch this. So she had her rows of recorded videotapes from all the shows that she would watch from Kenneth Copeland. So she had this radical infusion of faith that was deposited inside of her. And she began to preach to me as a little girl. And she would put on the super kids for me. And I just remember so vividly, I remember all the songs, I remember all the videos, and they were so radical about just teaching on the word of God. And the songs, there's one in particular where it talked about the blood of Jesus. Remember one, one time, something happened in my family and I, I got upset and I just went to my grandma's room and I just played this song on the tape recorder. And as it, they began to sing about the blood of Jesus, it's like all of a sudden, like the lights turned on and it became real to me at that point where the scriptures that I was hearing about what Jesus did for me, and then I heard it with the song, then all of a sudden, as an eight-year-old little girl, just like, he did that for me. Like, he went to the cross for me. It wasn't just for someone else, it was for me. So it was, that, that was a marking moment for me. And then, so fast forward a couple years, like I, I had this hunger for the Lord. And I always kind of compared my testimony to other people in the beginning, because you know, my husband, you know, if he, if he said any of it in the past, he has a radical testimony of how the Lord delivered him out of the world. And my testimony wasn't like that. I always thought it was kind of boring because I'm like, I gave my heart to the Lord when I was a little girl and I've never like done drugs, never smoked. Troy's my first kiss. So I was always like, you know, I don't really have something like radical to share. But the Lord reminded me of this. And this is what, what we said at, at that church in um, Georgia. Um, when I was about 13 years old, I was reading my Bible, and I had all the scriptures. I remember I had all the scriptures lined up across my room because I just knew from the teachings that I had since I was a little girl, like, you put the word of God before you. And it was cool because it was like a game to me, like, of search and find, because after hearing all the preaching and hearing all the scriptures that was quoted to me, it's like when I began to find it in the word, I'm like, that's where it's found. That's it. And so I would write it down. It was like this, this amazing journey that the Lord had me on. But it was this constant, constant journey of just seeking him. And I remember this one day in particular where I was about to leave my room. I closed my Bible. And I was about to walk out. And I had this worship song on. And it was just the simple, the simple one where it just says hallelujah the whole time. And as I got up to walk out, I felt this pool in my spirit. And I could feel like the heart of the Lord was just saying, not yet. Don't leave just yet. And so I got back, and I got on my knees, and I opened my Bible. And when I did, I felt the presence of the Lord fall on me. 
I felt the fire of God touch me from the top of my head. It wasn't something I, I came up with on my own, but I felt his presence come on me, and I felt his shaking all over me, and I didn't know what the heck is going on, but I knew it was good, and I, I recognized his presence. I know this is, this is him. This is him. And my mom walked in the room. You know, I'm 13 years old at this point. My mom walked in the room, and she immediately walked in, and she began to cry. She felt it, and I looked at my mom like, Mom, what is this? She said, this is the presence of God. She said, I haven't felt it like this since I was a little girl. And she just began to hold me. And I just remember just feeling overwhelmed. Like I, had bar- I could barely even move my body. And, and it sounds to those of you who may not have ever experienced that, I believe he has an encounter for you today. But I was hungry and I was thirsty. And it was like the surprise that he had waiting for me in my, in my room of hunger where I was seeking him first. And he just, he just blasted me. And from that moment on, like, my life was changed. So that's why today nobody can tell me that the fire of God is not real. Nobody can tell me that he doesn't work in signs, wonders, and miracles today because I am convinced that wasn't manufactured. It wasn't made up. It wasn't in my mind. My mother was there as a witness, and it's like that was real to me. And that's why, like, no one can convince me, like, the world is better. Like, what does the world have to offer me? Like, what, what is he? How can you compare to that? Like, that there's, there's nothing in the world that the enemy can offer me that can replace my Savior. Like, he showed himself strong to me that day. And it just continues to build upon that. Like, that wasn't the last of my encounters with the Lord. But that was, that was the moment that marked me. And that's why I'm standing here before you today. And why I can't settle for anything less. And that's why I want to encourage you, don't settle for anything less for yourself. Like, you've got to be hungry. You may be hungry now, but I want to encourage you, get hungrier. Get more desperate. Because there's more that he has for you, and it's bigger than you think. Yeah. So Sarah, Sarah began to share it. And just like now, and there was a girl sitting right where Katie was. And the power of God came on her, just like the power of God's coming over you right now. And that's when I started to share 2 Corinthians. And I started to share that my speech and my preaching was not enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the power of God. And I said to this young lady, I said, that's the power of God on you right now. And just like Katie is doing, she was weeping under the power of God. And I'm going to do right now what I did with that lady. And I prayed for her. Please stand up. And as I prayed for her, the power of God overwhelmed her. It's a power of God on you right now. Just go ahead, close your eyes, lift your hands. It's a power of God on you right now. You've labored. And, and you've, you've even said to yourself, I'm not doing this for my brother's church. I'm doing this for the kingdom of God. And God, I'm believing you for great and mighty things. Let them begin now in Jesus' name. So we had this meeting, and as I prayed for this girl, the power of God started to blitz through the room, and I couldn't preach anymore because all I saw was the power of God falling on people, just like is on this man now. Stand to your feet, if you would, please. And all of a sudden, it was like a a rock thrown in the pond, and the power of God started to ripple through the whole entire place. The power of God just started to rip through the whole place. And it wasn't something that you can make up. You've seen these people week after week after week after week. And you realize that they don't act like this. Stand to your feet. That's the power of God on you. And what happens? Yes, of course you. The power of God's all over you. What are you talking about? Step in the aisle. And then other people are trying to figure out what's happening in their mind right now, but you can't figure out what's happening in your mind right now because God is not a God of our mind. He's a God of our spirit. He made us in spirit and truth. Oh, the power of God is on you. He's changing you. He's marking you. Right now, there's a generation of people that need what's on the inside of you, and you are underqualified in your own, but right now, you're receiving a touch of God 
for your generation in Jesus' mighty name. You see, God is depositing things in people's spirit. Don't be in a rush to get up. Get your hands off of her, please. You didn't give her what she's getting right now. God is giving it to her. Thank you for wanting to pray for her, but you it is about being touched by God right now. It's about people being in the presence of God. You see, when Moses had a burning bush experience, no man, no man did that. No man did the burning bush. God alone did the burning bush. One day Moses was tending the flock. He was working. He was working. He wasn't being lazy. He was working. He was tending the flock of his father-in-law in the mounts in Mount Sinai. And there came an angel of the Lord and appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. You see God came to Moses in a burning fire. But Jesus said, John said, there's one coming after me whose shoes I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. You see, we are the burning bush to our generation. You see, what Moses was for the Israelites is what you and I are to this generation. When you say, God, I'm hungry. God, I want a move of God. Not just for you, but for your generation. You become the burning bush. God doesn't do anything apart from mankind. His desire is to use humanity to pour out his spirit. Man, I'm telling you, you find the crack addict, you find, you find the prostitute, you find the middle class man who has everything but is broken on the inside. You get them in the presence of God and their whole life changes. The whole life changes. Mackenzie, stand to your feet, please. The power of God's all over you. And you see what's happening now is God is depositing something by his spirit, not in just Mackenzie, but in this city. God is saying my people are in my city and I'm ready to pour out my spirit. Let me set my pillars in this city. And God is saying you are a pillar in this city in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Fire! Fire! Deep work, a deep work, a deep work, a deep work, a deep work. See, you're seeing the Spirit of God is pouring out in this city. Right now, this is like, this is like if you were gonna have a planning meeting with a board. And they were like, all right, let's, let's get a layout of how this city is going to be laid out. Let's find out where our businesses are going to be. Let's find out where our residences are going to be. God is looking right now. He's saying, where are my men and my women that are going to lead in my presence in this city? He's saying, where are my men and my women that are going to lead in the teaching of the word? Where are my men and my women that are going to raise up this next generation? And that's what's happening right now is God is by his spirit flaming you like a burning bush because there's Moseses. There's Moses. A lot of people, oh, you're the Moses. Yeah, you could be, but you're, the goal isn't to stay a Moses. The goal is to be a burning bush so that you can have an encounter with other Moseses, so that you can light up Moseses across the cities of Missouri, and those Moseses will then let other people go. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Oh, well, it's a little different way of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, you know what probably was pretty different? When Moses is like, bro, if you don't do it, frogs. I mean, that would be pretty weird. You wake up the next day, frogs everywhere. Oh, you didn't like the frogs? Locusts everywhere. What the, you're sitting here saying like, man, people are crying and weeping in the presence of God after scripture is being shared, talking about revival and the winning. You think that's weird? Mm. Blood, rivers, everywhere. God does things supernaturally. 
The difference is that we're in a different time. We're in a dispensation of grace right now. We're not in a dispensation. We're not in a time of judgment. We're in a time of him pouring out his spirit in grace. We're in a time of where sinners aren't. God's not looking to punish you for your sin. God is looking to set people free from their sin. God is looking to pour out his spirit on people. Man, when you go out and you see people, what are sinners doing? They're sinning. Sinners sin. Heathens heath. Right? That's just what they do. That's it. God's not looking to judge them for their actions. God's heart is broken for them. I am not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. Man. <laughs> and, and many believed because of the signs that they saw. God is looking for a generation of people that are a signs and wonders generation. He is looking for a signs and wonders generation. I'm telling you, you're, whatever you do right now, your family is in a perfect position to receive the miraculous touch of God to be a sign and a wonder. Your business is in a perfect position to receive a miracle, to be a sign and a wonder for your generation. Your life as a teenager is in a perfect position to receive a miracle, to be a sign and a wonder for your generation. Wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, God is only looking for a humble heart that's willing to stay submitted to his hand. Man, in, in preaching outreaches and doing different churches, man, we've seen thousands of people get saved. And I'll tell you, the one, the one thing, this is the one thing I've seen that makes a difference between people who see success in God and people who don't see success in God. And it's Pastor Bob Nichols' favorite quote. Don't quit. Don't quit. Man, I've seen people be touched by the power of God like this. They go to church for a week or two weeks or every other day, but they never, they never, they never anchored down. They never anchored down. Church became something that they did instead of who they were. God didn't design it to be that way. You see... You know, um, people like Ron and Wendy, like this isn't something they do. This is who they are. And, and we have lives, and I'm all about me. My kid plays football. He missed a practice this week because we focused on what needs to be focused. I'm fine for all that stuff, right? No problem. But our focus is the thrust of God through our local church. Me and Sarah go to a local church. We're helping plant a church in Fort Worth. We are focused on the work of God in our city. That's what we do. That's, that's not what we do. That's what the body of Christ does. That's what the, and, and here I am, I'm really preaching to the choir. Because I see an event like yesterday, and I saw so many people break back. Not really, I probably shouldn't say that. Work hard. <laughs> To put up tents, to run in a, I mean, people were at the building till what time last night? Vacuuming and cleaning? Late midnight? So I'm not, I'm not talking to people who don't do that. Maybe I am. Maybe you're one of the few that have just been coming in, you know, eating from the buffet and forgetting to pay on your way out. <laughs> forgetting to pay. And I'm not talking, your tithe is your reasonable service. I'm not teaching on the tithe right now. But I'm talking about giving your life. I'm talking about giving your life, not for Pastor Kent, not for Pastor Liz, not for Overcomers Church International. I'm talking about giving your life for the plans and the purposes of God. I'm talking about saying, God, what are you doing on the earth today? Because you see, you know, I'm going to say it, there's this underground movement, but it's really a spiritual movement that you just can't see in the natural, right? Like, it's not literally underground. It's just undercover from our natural eyes. But there is a movement of God. There always has been from the beginning that God created time, right? 
Time is constructed by God. From the beginning of time, there has been a movement of the Spirit of God. And there's a perfect plan to the Spirit of God. And the sooner you, as an individual, can hook up on God's perfect plan for your life, that's when you find rapid acceleration in everything that you do. If I were you, my main focus would be, and I was just telling my son this, God, God really put on my heart to, to partner with my son in helping him feel comfortable living his life for God and praying. He's at this age, seven years old, where he's not really like a kid anymore, you know? Like, he's a kid, but he's like, he's like entering in young manhood, you know? And I'm like, Max, you know, I told him today, I said, there's nothing better that you can do than find out what God's plan is for your life and partner with that plan. <clears throat> And I would say the same thing to any person here that doesn't know what God's plan is. The easiest way to figure out what God's plan is for your life is to figure out what the grand plan of God is and find out where you fit on God's plan. I want to say that again. The best way to find out what the plan of God is for your life is to find out what God's grand plan is. God's grand plan was written. He he always knew. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb, right? So he knew you were going to be here. But he has had a plan established for now, long before now ever existed. So when you can find out what God's master plan is for this specific time and say, hey, how do I align what I do with what that plan is? You'll find the wind of God on everything that you do. And I'll tell you, a major thrust to the wind of God right now is the harvest of souls and the preaching of gospel. The Bible says the gospel will be preached to all the land and then the end shall come. The only thing that's holding, that's holding back the return of the Lord is that God is wanting more people to hear the gospel and be saved. <laughs> you have the power and the ability to accelerate the plan of God. And that's by sharing the gospel with people. That meeting in Atlanta continued that whole day. We were never even able to recover it from what happened there. We started laying hands on everybody, and they started shaking. And I remember this one African-American lady. I think she was taller than me. She was weeping. What is the fire of God you're talking about? She had no clue. She had, she had never even heard of the fire of God before. Man, we laid. She, I'm like, you've got it, man. Boom, hits the deck. And look, if it was all about laying down, we could just come in here, lay down, get up, and all go home and... Whatever. What do people do on Sundays if they don't go to church? I don't know. Watch football, I guess. It's football season, right? It's about an encounter with God. It's about an encounter with God. Your life will never be the same again. What's your name? Becca. Becca, your life will never be the same again. Ever. Your life will never be the same again. It's the power of God is just all over you doing a deep work. He's cleaning your heart right now. He's cleaning your heart right now. It's good that you love her for it. Why don't you get a touch too? Say, turn your heart and say, you know what? If Becca's getting it, I'm getting it for my life. I want God to do a deep work in me. I have brothers, sisters, cousins. I have family. I know people, right? You turn that and say, man, I'm getting it for me. God has not called Christianity to be a participator sport or a, a spectator sport. He's called it to be a participatory sport. Re- revival starts with me. Rev- Lord, send revival and send it to me first. Send it to me first. God, do a deep work in my life. <clears throat> the Bible also says in Corinthians, <clears throat> it says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard nor has entered the heart of man the things that God has in store for them who love him. Has anyone heard that before? Yeah. I I hate when people stop there, to be honest with you. It's like a spiritual pet peeve of mine. That's like like the thing you find in TJ Maxx, you know? It's how people console themselves when, you know, their loved ones dies or their businesses fail. Well, no eye has seen. What does the verse after that say? 
but God. But God. But God. I have to start from the beginning. I forget how it goes. No eye has seen, no ears, or nor has entered the heart of man the things that are in store for God who loves them. But God, who knows all things and searches all things, has revealed them to us. For who can know the heart of man except the spirit of the man? Even so, who can know the heart of God except the spirit of God? And we've been given that self-same spirit. Do you see why I have such a distaste for when people stop at the beginning part of that verse? Because the treasure of that verse is in the two verses after it. That we have the spirit of God that reveals to us the plan of God. That we don't have to leave, live below, we can live above. We don't have to live poor, we can live rich. We don't have to live sick, we can li live healed. We don't have to live below, we can live above. We don't have to live confused, we can live with a sound, clear mind. We can know that when we wake up in the morning and we're being tempted to be depressed or we're being tempted to be discouraged or we're being tempted to be, did I hear God on that? When you know what the master plan of God is at this time, when you've aligned what you're doing with the master plan of God and you have the word of God, there's no devil in hell that can stop what you're doing because what you're doing is not what you're doing. It's what he's doing through you. And now you wake up with a zest in your step. You wake up with a passion to work. You wake up because you know every day is a day to curb stomp the devil and and I know, I know that I'm in a church right now that is full of the fire of God, that is ready to take territory for the kingdom of God. If that's you, give the Lord some praise right now. Everything that you're doing, align it with the plan and the purpose of God. I'm telling you right now, it's the harvest of souls is God's number one priority, the preaching of the gospel, the saving of the lost. And yes, once they, what do you do once they get saved? Yes, get them into church. Like people want to ridicule, oh, all you do is talk about people getting saved. Yeah, they got to be discipled. Yeah, you cannot clean a fish that you have not caught first. <clears throat> Like people making all these master plan plans to clean fish. All right, we're gonna have our we're gonna have our our the 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 part we gut them is gonna be right over here. This is where we're gonna do. We're gonna gut them right. Okay, over here is where we're gonna chop their heads off. All their heads are gonna go right here in the basket. And then over here is where we're gonna take off their scales. And then over here is where we're gonna debone them. And they have these. They invest elaborately in these whole fish cleaning systems. Oh, how many fish? We haven't caught any fish yet. We're still getting we're still getting our fish cleaning system set up. Oh, well, what if what if what if it's a saltwater fish? There's a different process for that. Now we have to have a whole nother section over here because we can't mix them unless they're brackish water. If they're brackish water, then we can process them. This, how many fish have you caught? We're not ready to start catching fish yet. We've got to have our discipleship group set up. We've got to have... Dude, catch a fish. And then all of a sudden, they catch their first fish. And they're like, man, it doesn't fit into our fish cleaning system. It doesn't work. We need to change our fish cleaning system. Send the fish back. Let's change our system over here. Churches do it all the time. Not this church. <laughs> the presence of God is in here. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. 
Just get hungry right now. It's a spiritual switch you turn on on the inside. You say, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for the word of God. I'm hungry for the word. I'm hungry for a spirit. We listen to preaching almost every day. I won't say every day except for there's probably one day I haven't listened to it, so I can't say every day. But we listen to preaching almost every day. We sit in meetings when we can sit in meetings. We're hungry for God. We preach the gospel. Man, one of, one of my businesses is a, bro, a freight brokerage business. I have one of my best friends that I work with. He's probably my best friend. I've known him a long time. I know, I hesitate to say it because I didn't want to spur jealousy, but <laughs> he does buy me dinner a lot, Pastor Tan, I will say. He lets me win in golf, too. He's got a crazy testimony. His wife, he's, he's 36. His wife died. She was 38, pregnant with her, with her baby from a car accident. It's crazy, but God, man, God has, full, in a two years, God has fully restored him, given him an amazing, I mean, that's why, like, you can't sit here and, like, even when tragedy happens, God has an immediate plan. God has an immediate plan to restore your life. Within, within two years, God brought him another wife, amazing woman. They're pregnant with, a, with, a, with their third daughter. Well, with their first daughter, but his third daughter. Man, he is on fire for God. He is more on fire for God than I've ever seen him before in his entire life. Our business, that business, that brokerage business, they, uh, freight brokerage business, they partnered with a, a missions organization called Alive to Love, and we give our customers opportunities to send people on missions trip from their business organization. Every shipment that we move, we donate money to this missions organization. We know, the, we know the minister who runs it. I mean, it's an amazing ministry. And we're just thinking, we're, you know, again, this is about how does what you do. I want to be practical with you. It's easy to be able to say, hey, find out what God's plan is on the earth and partner with it. I'm personally letting you know how we're actively doing that in our work so you can maybe see an example of what God might do with you in your life and your business. So that business partners with that ministry, and we send people on missions trip. We let people know. When they talk to people, when, he, when they go prospecting, they use uh, LinkedIn, social media to prospect. They come right out of the gate. Hey, this is what we do. We, you know, our company ships with purpose. Every load that you ship with us has a purpose beyond the destination of the delivery. That's how they come out with They say, hey, we support, we support families and people in third world countries. This is what we do. Every time you move a shipment with us, this is what we do. And we don't just, it's not, that organization doesn't just do humanitarian aid. They preach the gospel. They lay hands on the sick. They see signs. One, this isn't Mother Hubbard's cupboard. This isn't, you know, cat and dog foundation, save the spotted owls, save the sea turtle. Right? We should steward the earth that God's given us, but mankind is the number one concern on God's heart. And there's nothing, there's, God has no option but to bless what we do when we've partnered with the plan of God. The Bible already says in Deuteronomy 8.18 that the Lord your God has given you power to create wealth. The Bible says that Abraham was very rich in gold, silver, and livestock. In Galatians, it says that we've been born into the Abrahamic covenant. So everything that was good in the old is better now under the new. But we've partnered with what the plan of God is, and we've said, let's align our business. You know, I like what um, 
I think it was Paul Milligan said this. He was uh, CEO for Andrew Womack's ministry for a long time. He said, God is less concerned about how you do it. It's just what you do. So he's like, you know, you could start five different businesses. God is less concerned about the individual business that you start. It's the heart and the driving force that's behind the business. Now, I don't recommend you, like, open up a CBD business or anything like that. But um, nonetheless... <laughs> Or what is a THC business? I guess there's, there's, uh, there's, uh, let me not digress there. <laughs> Jesus, help me. Don't open a bar. I can confidently say that's not a good idea. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So when you align what you're doing with the plans and purposes of God, God has no choice but to bless what you're doing. Because you're fulfilling his will, not your will. Man, and there's just a lot God wants to do. And we're, you know, we're, I feel to wrap up right now. We'll, we'll pray for anybody who wants prayer. So if anybody wants prayer, we're going to pray for you. But I really want to encourage you guys, come to Bonterre. What you guys saw a little bit earlier, like, I'm not a performer. So don't, this is not, I'm not trying to perform. It's not like I let a little of the Holy Ghost out of the bag. And then I say, okay, get back in and we'll let you out more later to, you know, that's not it. We're just flowing with the Holy Ghost. And there's a river, and you have to be in the river. God is going to do something very special. Bon terre means good land. And last night at the end of the outreach, I prophesied that over the city, that it is a good land for a harvest. Uh, don't be surprised, guys. Do not be surprised at the move of God that you see in Bon terre. And you'll say to yourself, You'll say to yourself, Lord, why not Perryville? We've tarried in Perryville for so long. We've plowed in Perryville for so long. It's not fair that we've seen such a great harvest in such a, a short time. And the Lord say, is saying, do not be dismayed. I am pouring out my spirit upon all flesh, just as it has been prophesied by the prophet Joel. Sons and daughters will dream dreams, see visions, will prophesy. Old men, young men will see dreams, dream, dream dreams and see visions. And my spirit will be poured out on whom I want to pour my spirit out. And I choose the cities as I am choosing my cities. And as you pour out in another city, am I a man that I should lie or the son of man that I should need to repent? Did I not say that what you would sow that you would also reap? So that as you sow in a land that you do not live, you shall also reap a harvest in the land that you say. Be faithful. Be faithful. For do not say three months and then cometh the harvest. But look up. The harvest is white now. The good land is ready to be harvested now. Do not delay. Do not delay. The night is coming where no man can work. You must do the work of him who sent you while it is still day. So we thank you, Father. We thank you for that work. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit overcomerschurchinternational.com.